to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Whether we recognize it or not, all of us have great creative resources within us, and they can help us discover greater happiness. This week's guest is Doug Patton, an industrial designer who is featured on ABC's American Inventor television series and has created more than 300 products in 20 international market categories. His new book, Conquering the Chaos of Creativity, provides a map to help you find your own creative process. He's here to talk about the connection between creativity and happiness and help each of us learn to find our own creative superpowers. Doug, welcome to Momnificent. Uh, Karen, thank you very much. I am honored to be here and I look forward to our discussion on creativity, imagination, and how to inspire not only uh, uh, kids, uh, but parents and also teachers because creativity and imagination is uh, maybe one of the greatest resources, unused resources, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually in our lives. And uh, I will, on that point, uh, leave it to you for whatever questions you'd like to discuss. I love how you said unused resource. And it just like had like light bulbs go off in my mind because I'm so excited about tapping into this and helping our listeners learn even more about this to hopefully just really e explode our kids um, in their future for what they can do and what they can become. So Doug, yep. you've covered creativity in every aspect in your book. And I wondered, first of all, what made you realize what role creativity played, not just in your life, but for everyone? Well, uh, uh uh, for me, it was uh, always intrinsic. I uh, even when I was six, I won an international uh, art award, and uh, for Converse tennis shoes had just happened. And I, uh, I I drew a lot of ads, and I uh, got a a, a background a, a whole amazing uh, uh, array of, of playground equipment. And I've done science since I was a kid, and it was always something innate in me that that moved forward. And um, I, I think the hard part right now is for people to realize is that in all of us, I was a very rare unicorn. Usually creativity and inspiration is ignored. It is... Um, um, maybe not intentionally, but it's just hasn't been focused on. And it is probably the most important thing that all of us have to navigate life's issues. So after, um, uh, as I started my company uh, in the early eighties, right out of college, uh, I created hundreds of products in the last 40 years. But what was always most important were the ideas of how I created it, how, uh, what was the process? And it always fascinated me. So I would record them in lab books and I would then basically 
uh, organize my thoughts. And people started asking me maybe 20 years ago, well, Doug, uh, I would, we would like you to speak on how you develop your ideas. And so it started rather organically. And then there came a point about 10 years ago where I said, I, I need to, it's time to write this book. I need to communicate this to other kindred spirits who have gone through the same difficulties as I did in high school, because I had a lot of questions. And if I could have had Plato and Kant and Berkeley, Hume and Descartes there for me to talk to, maybe I could have philosophically developed my thoughts, but I didn't. And uh, so it became a more internal process. And I want to help children, parents, teachers now that also are feeling these same pangs, that maybe there is a, uh, an important side to us that is ignored in education, that is the creativity and the immense uh, um, possibilities that we have, uh, have been bestowed upon us by God as, as creative souls. And so what I have, uh, to answer your question more specifically, it is always for me been a transitional life journey of, of creativity that has been transformative with each new uh, uh, puzzle I had to, to uh, what, solve. And with each creative transformation has been personal growth. Uh, uh, do, uh, uh, of problem solving, of, of uh, understanding, of, of, um, of development. So then the book now is a compendium of all the things that uh, I have learned that I want to start teaching. And since the book has been out in January, it, uh, there's been quite a, 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 an amazing amount of press. Because uh, most people think that, that uh, when you want to solve a problem, you are solving a problem kind of analytically. But really, it, it is uh, your emotion, your spirit, your, uh, uh, your psychology, and all the things that, that help push these, that create these constructs. And uh, uh, what's, what's very important is that uh, the essence of my book is empowering transformation. Each chapter teaches what our society and culture have not. It, re it replenishes our inspiration, our imagination, and our courage. And if uh, uh, we could look at this as, as an opportunity to evolve uh, our logic, emotion, and spirit in a way that, that um, uh, how can I say it? Uh, uh, freeze your mind. And that journey has to start as a kindergarten uh, a kid, parent, teacher, and evolve all the way uh, through your life. So that's a really long uh, discussion point, but that gives you a little, um, how do I say, piece of my thought on, on that. Okay. So let's take each of those areas. So I've got a listener right now with a kindergarten, first or second grade child, what's something you would tell that parent about to help them foster this creativity just at that level? Okay. Um, so 
uh, I've created this book that uh, I'm not uh, trying to uh, in any way uh, um, sell it, but go to amazon.com, go to Conquering the Chaos of Creativity, and you can get the book for only like nine bucks on Kindle and start reading about it because all the processes and ideas are there contained in the book. But as, as a kind of a directive of, uh, of what to do, um, I think the first, to put it into three simple steps, is um, try to do everything you can to, to ask your, your child about new ideas, like spend 15 minutes um, asking them, let's create something together. Let's, you know, like keep it as a habit where you're, where you're going through creative exercises. And there's things in my book, there's other resources you can get. But what's most important that you facilitate the idea of inventing, of, of creativity. And one uh, simple third point would be uh, uh, that I did with my kids as they grew up. They watched me invent and they would sit with me and they said, dad, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm trying to invent uh, a new idea to um, uh, make uh, the operation and the controls in the car easy. Let's go sit in the car. And I said, what do you think about this? And kids have an amazing ability to just uh, uh, come up with crazy ideas. We'll take those ideas, no matter how crazy they are, and let's, let's write them down. Let's create that and make that a daily event, a daily event of creativity. And that's what a parent can do. And, you know, actually teachers should have 15 minutes for that every day. This go off and say, um, here's a problem. Uh, the problem is, is that um, uh, the organization in our classroom is a mess because we do something. I want everyone to come back with solutions for ideas. So foster the idea of a problem and a solution. And whatever, no matter how crazy it is, uh, you know, whatever a kid might say, foster that and move that forward. And that process then can be a, uh, 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 an incredible dynamic. Imagine, imagine that going on. I mean, Karen, for you as a principal, if all the kids in your school are taking 15 minutes a day and every teacher has a problem, okay? And maybe as principal, you were to say, okay, all teachers, here's the 15 minute exercise today. Um, uh, let's figure out how we hold a, uh, your phone uh, uh, in your, in your backpack or phone in your bike and let everyone like draw, think it. So imagine that, like, I don't know how many kids in your school, like maybe 500 kids or a thousand and every day, all those ideas and you post them and the kids look at them and they, you foster that. And then parents, well, Hey parents, what, what problems do you think there should be? Like get, get a line. I'm just brainstorming right now, which is, I always do get a line of, of things where parents are saying, I want, I, uh, Karen, you promised me Tuesday they would concentrate on the problem that I thought of, and you put the parent's name, and they're there, and they're saying, uh, we want to think about how to um, uh, uh, create a better way for our dog to uh, eat out of a dog bowl. I don't know what it is, right? But imagine that. I mean, I'm getting excited right now. 
Well, that was the question I was going to ask you. What what would you tell teachers when they might listen to this and be like, does he know how much we have to fit in in a day and our scope and sequence and all? And that was the question that I could hear my teacher saying. And I was like, okay, Doug, what, how do we help them? Well, it's like that. Okay, I'm just going, I'm brainstorming right now that 15 minute rule. And okay, so let's say there's not 15 minutes in a day. That's it's not there. Well, um, it's it's something that uh, has to be done for homework, and the teachers don't have to look at. And uh, somehow the kids are publishing on a website that that they all can do, and they start interacting on their own. Everyone reads it, and you get the. It's been a uh, while been since, a while I've, since uh, I've, uh, my kids have been, kids have been in, in uh, uh, K through uh, six, six, but, but uh, maybe, uh, you, maybe get, you get uh, whatever, whatever parent, parent group going, going and they're managing, you know, you and, know, it's, and it, it has to be a ground, a grassroots effort. Yeah, organic. Yeah, because my sense of it is teachers are overworked, they're idealistic people, and to add something more on, but how, what if we don't teach creativity? You know what happens, what happens to our happens society? To our society? Um, um, are we are we nothing more than you know people that people that, that learn that what learn is taught, to, taught us, to us and we and memorize, we memorize it, it and we go and we through, go that, through process, that process and we relegate, and we relegate creativity, creativity as only the people, only the people that, that, do that do art or or other things you know dance or music that is a Creativity, creativity is required for us to navigate, to navigate our, lives, our lives, you know, yeah. to, you know to, to problem, problem to create to a problem, problem solving. Solving. And, and there are there brilliant are minds that, um, uh, like, uh, that are being that are undeserved. Being like like, like one, one of my favorite quotes by Einstein, by Einstein is creativity is intelligence, is intelligence having, having fun. fun, right? Right. So, so. And so, so just as I've been speaking, speaking with you, with we've you, created, created ideas, ideas right now that take like, you know, maybe 15, yeah, maybe 15 minutes a week. Minutes do, a week. Parent, do, do teachers, teachers have 15, have 15 minutes, minutes a week, a week to, talk to talk about creativity? About creativity? I, yeah, mean, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly it's important, important because, because we are, we are I, I can't tell you since my book has come, come out, um, I've done, I've done, I don't know, maybe, don't know, maybe 40, 50, 50 interviews, interviews with, with a, a vast cross-section cross section of people. Of people. And the, and the, 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 uh, the sad thing is that I people say, uh, I, I, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. That, just, that just, that just, that just like is a like stake in my heart. In my heart. Mm -hmm. that we're all we're innately. All innately. It, that's, it's, it's, it's like, it's, like, it's almost it's like, almost like uh, saying, uh, saying I, I'm, I'm, not human. not human. Right. How, what happened to get them to the point where they actually think that? Yeah. And yeah. it is, it is our society, our culture, our education system um, not only uh, uh, doesn't educate that, but it ignores it. So people, um, ninety percent of all people, don't wake up in the morning and and feel creative. They are following uh, um, uh, implementation as opposed to creation. And I think a, a psychologically, it is uh, uh, a rather subjective comment but it doesn't elevate us with unless we're being creative and uh there's so many solutions that you can have personally if this uh 
ability to create is, is started as kids. And, and I, uh, uh, I, I really think that there is a tremendous opportunity for teachers, children, and parents to start a, uh, uh, I'm gonna maybe overstep my, uh, the boundaries of what's possible, a movement little movements of creativity. Imagine that all over these 15 minute cycles of creativity that kids will do. And, and I even implore you as a principal at your school to say, we're gonna do a 15 minute directive every day. There's gonna be one thing, the kids think about it. And we will, I don't care if kids say that, that some impossible idea of, of uh, they're gonna create a levitation machine that goes to Mars, that comes back, that fixes their dog's uh, uh, feeding bowl, or someone who really studies it, what, that would be beautiful. And think of how that would be publicized in the world, in the annals of education, that this is going on, you know? And, you know, what if someone comes actually comes up with a great idea? That could be amazing. Right. Exactly, because this is where it all starts. That yeah. journey is what gets you to these creative inventions that we use in our everyday lives today, that wasn't the first thing that person thought of. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now so, you're saying that universities are reaching out to you. They want to create courses with your content. Like, what are they saying when they're reaching out to you? What's the big, like, aha for them that's drawing them into this work? Well, uh, uh, Lisa Martin, who's the Dean of Science Education at my alma mater, Cal State Long Beach, um, uh, uh, read my book and, and came to me and says, I'm, I'm teaching six classes a semester on uh, what is just a, like maybe one chapter in your book. And I'm, cause she's realized as the Dean of Science Education that uh, the, the STEM majors just aren't being taught how to, to think creatively and visually. And what is even worse, it's a higher percentage for women that are, are having these blocks, okay? And uh, so we've met many times and then she proposed something to me. She said, how about teaching a course based on your book? And I go, oh, oh my Lord. I've, like I say, I've already got six startup companies. I mean, there are things that are, uh, will be saving lives. I mean, major, major medical advancements. Um, and, uh, I don't have time, but I'm compelled to do it. So I'm creating a syllabus and uh, we're going to have a class and the Dean of uh, Lisa is going to help teach it with me. Uh, I have other people. My editor of my book uh, is going to help and we're going to venture forth. And uh, I, uh, it's a dream come true to do that, but it's a, it's a burden for someone who's not an educator. I, I, I mean, writing my book took me eight years. Okay, it's it's eight years to pull it all together in a way that communicated my thoughts. Now, the next level is now I have to take lessons from each chapter and teach it. And I, I, I'm working on that. But uh, but what's what's interesting and poignant uh, for you from from a K through five principle is that um People are ending up at universities, the most intelligent people who are, are studious and, uh, and focused and, 
are getting high GPAs are not able to think creatively. So we have to go back to where you're at, Karen, and start it there so that when they're at the university level, it's not this, um, uh, this atrophied uh, uh, sense of being able to uh, problem solve. Well, Doug, so Ted Dintersmith visited every state in the country to figure out what schools were different, doing differently for their scores to be improved. And one of the number one um, takeaways from that book that I took was that the kids were doing STEM activities, creativity, problem solving. It's everything you were saying. And so when I came back to my school with that thought, I for two years now, we went home in COVID a year ago. Last year was just a wonky year as it was anyway, in and out of school. But but I haven't lost that thought and you're speaking to it. We've got to get give these kids that that opportunity. Yeah, like my book is is kind in a way is intended as an alarm clock for life. It's 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 designed to wake you up mentally from your societal slumber, uh, leading you into creativity by fostering self-awareness. And in the journey that we call life, many people have become bored and fallen asleep. And I'm not blaming teachers or parents, uh, but uh, uh, you know, kids have be, have, haven't, haven't engaged in, in their full capability. So the way I look at it is a problem is akin to an alarm clock. It is a potential catalyst. And what I want to do is, is hit, you know, a lot of people might want to hit the snooze button and go back to sleep and when they're uh, in, in life. Uh, but, you know, going back to sleep is easy. It's comfortable route. You're conditioned to stay asleep. But now I, there's an opportunity to wake up and, mm -hmm. and break out of the stasis. And there's a moment and it has to be now because we are all innately creative and our one impediment to the development of our creative ability is that creativity is not taught or reinforced in the American public school system. Instead, we are taught to just learn and repeat information. Society is not only ignoring creativity, it is also compelling us not to be creative. In many ways, it takes control of your mind making it nearly impossible to break out and rediscover life. So uh, as, as just a, like a little moment, um, uh, I, I want to say that when I was on the uh, American Inventor series on ABC, uh, 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 my, my son, Sean, was playing in the neighborhood pool uh, uh, one day with all these other kids, and I was watching him. And to my amazement, I heard a kid say, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And one of the kids said, I want to be an American inventor. And that's from the show called American Inventor. And uh, uh, in this moment, time stood still and I was inspired. And I realized that uh, what I was doing had, had, had significance. And, uh, uh, you know, I could, I could go on and on about how human history tells us that society and politics tend to control us, but truth and creativity is irrepressible. It is evident in the French Revolution, the hippie revolution, whatever, however you wanna uh, go for it. But my point is, is that we should all try to be pioneers of change, not just as, as I told you uh, before our interview, artists and musicians, but uh, uh, it's for everyone. Everyone is inherently creative and problem solving is the basis of creativity. 
And it is a way to approach and challenge everything in life with positivity and fun and happiness. So I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now and- uh, Okay, because you, you brought up the happiness part. So that's my, this is what I have, this is my question for you. You explained really well in the book about the connection between creativity and happiness. So can you explain to us why using creativity is crucial to us really achieving happiness? Um, uh, happiness is something that uh, uh, I think relates to self-esteem and it relates to your emotion, uh, uh, your spirit, um, and, and your intellect, it's a, it's a, it's an amalgamation, right? Um, and, uh, uh, we all need motivation. We all need inspiration and, uh, and, uh, creativity helps one's mind overcome challenges. Um, it is a very, very important process to, uh, uh, to, to teach people to teach kids, to teach parents that um, uh, a problem can be looked at in, in a new way. It's not something to be depressed about. It's an opportunity for change, right? And happiness uh, in your soul, in your uh, intellect, and and in, in your, uh, your your daily um, process of waking up in the morning. It's all dealing with how well you can navigate life. And so creativity is, is, a, uh, is an expression of who you are as a person. And to me, happiness uh, is my ability intrinsically to uh, um, be inspired, be confident, to be courageous. And then also that that inspiration has a place in the world will will have an effect in the world. And so um, uh, creativity and happiness uh, is is a, a inseparable link. But as a parent or as a uh, as a teacher, uh, we have to understand that uh, fostering creativity and the the uh, epiphany as a perfect example, uh, when a child figures out a problem and they smile and they beam, right? Or they've done something on their own and they, it's, there's, there's a, a, a gain in, in their ego and their feeling. Well, why can't they feel that always? And, and one important point when I was doing my book, I was doing a lot of, um, psychological and neurological correlation of what I've been doing for decades and uh, uh, documented in my book is, is uh, many scientific studies that the basal ganglia in your brain emits dopamine when you're going through a creative exercise. I didn't know. I said, I always felt great when I, I invented some new idea. I go, wow, that is like amazing. Well, your brain is has uh, has uh, has the ability to do the same thing, like when you run or when all these other things happen. There's actually that that neurological process. So it's not just happiness is not just 
uh, relating to creativity, Karen, is not just a, a psychological thing. It is a physiological thing and it's been proven in tests. And isn't that amazing? Yeah. And, and I love how you said, because I listened to you on the podcast, Live Happy Now, which is a podcast I absolutely love listening to. And you were talking about how running and it doesn't matter what activity you do. But for example, running, sometimes you get your most creative ideas. And when I heard you, I was like, yes, because that happened to me the, like a couple months ago. I was running and I got like all these ideas in school and how I can handle this situation and that problem. And um, yeah, so. Yeah. And, and if I could comment amazing. on the running part, I have two parts, uh, two of the chapters of my book relate to um, uh, the physicality of creativity and one running um, when uh, when you run like I run a live run since I was in uh, high school but when you just kind of run in a kind of relaxed you're not trying to break your seven minute mile speed in in mile time uh, that I'm trying to do um, which with uh, not very good success but um, uh, you know I, I but but if you're just running like a slow mile, like a nine minute mile, just kind of cruising. Um, and if you do that for a while, it puts there's studies that have shown that it puts your mind in the same alpha state as meditation. That's amazing. Yeah, okay. I didn't know that. And I started meditating um, when I was my first year in college and uh, when I was stressed and I met uh, at the time who's now become a prolific uh, um, uh figure in meditation is named uh, Muktan Yandit. He brought Siddha Yoga to the United States. And I grew up in the hippie era. Um, I'm 68, so I'm like a really old guy. So I, uh, I started uh, meditating. And through the years, uh, and he teaches that, that it's not just what people think of, uh, of, of the physicality of yoga, it's really the mental part. And so there were some great gifts bestowed upon me. And I, um, I have an article in uh, that just came out this month in uh, a yoga magazine talking about yoga meditation, and there's a it's a really uh, interesting article. Um, and uh, I use that as part of my problem solving process as well because you can you can kind of hit this alpha state and uh, and think creatively. Well, Doug, we brought a mindfulness coach into my school two years ago. She came in 15 minutes once a week for eight weeks, and the kids were going home and telling their parents about the breathing exercises that she was teaching them. And she does lessons on awareness, like notice your breath, notice what you, your senses, what you hear, you see. Well, I saw such a change in the kids just totally absorbing this. And the data, she took observational data from just the second to fifth graders who could actually like tell how did you feel before and after. 40% of the 250 kids said that they slept better at night. Like 80% said this should be taught to other kids, help them calm down better, help them feel better doing their tests. I was so amazed by it, Doug. I went and took two courses through Mindful Schools and started teaching it, which is what I got into first before I got into this work of starting the podcast. Um, and the kids still ask me to this day, like to do a breathing or to, to let's let's practice that activity together. Is Dr. J going to come in and talk about mindfulness again? They were so absorbed in it. Oh, Doug, it was amazing. And I know you touched on that in your work as well, um, talking about, you know, how meditation, how, what aspect of it is in the creative work that you were just saying and how your brain actually gets that point as if you were meditating. Yeah. So, so I've, I've got a lot of techniques I've created. I mean, I probably, I mean, you have to look at my book as a creative toolbox. 
okay, of, of hundreds of creative tools. And I try to teach how to use those tools. But for me, it's been a lifetime of experience to understand it. But you can always start, right? You can always start. And I, I, uh, uh, I, I have to say this uh, to anyone who's listening, uh, for as parents, as educators, and maybe even some pretty smart kids, okay? Um, I, in my book, I, I present many paths to personalize creativity. And that's a very important process to, to intuitively think about uh, uh, how to unfurl your imagination and inspire discovery um, that every problem has a solution. Every problem has a solution, okay? And uh, uh, it, it, it really frees uh, your thought processes to, uh, um, uh, to think about that anything is possible, you know, that, that uh, and, and as soon as you get kids, I've taught um, um, uh, some classes in uh, uh, seventh and eighth grade. I've helped uh, high school students. And I, a lot of those high school students have come back and they said, this was the most important class, this thing they ever did in high school. Wow. And uh, uh, my son was involved. Uh, uh, he started a club called the Invention, of, Invention and Patent Club of Orange County. And uh, of course I ended up help teaching it, but he got five high schools together and kids came and we invented things. Wow. And I was teaching this process and uh, a lot of kids came back from their parents. They said, this was the most important class. Are you going to teach it again? I said, well, I don't have time. Uh, but uh, my, did, my son did it as a senior. And it, you can see how um, uh, this is not taught. No, and there's is not for taught. It needs to be taught. It needs People to be People want it. But every time, even with what you're saying and what I'm saying, these are all uh, these small nuances to show. And, and again, teachers are overworked. They got too much to do. Kids have too much to do. But like 15 minutes a day, 10 minutes, you know, give it to the parents. Uh, there's got to be a way that we start this so our kids um, are, are, are being inspired. Mm. It's amazing. Well, what really uh, stopped me dead in my tracks was when I was listening to your interview on on the Live Happy Now podcast, and she and you were saying that to look at the problem, don't just think of solutions for it. Start with just becoming more aware of all aspects of that problem. And it was funny because when I was listening to it, I was on my way to school. We were going to have a meeting on a kid who just is just really needs a lot of help right now. And we were going to problem solve what to do next with him. And it was interesting because when you said that, instead of me just thinking of solutions, solutions, solutions of what we can try, because you just said, just become more aware of it. And I just, it just opened my mind to think of it more holistically. And that's so hard because I'm so used to people coming to me for an answer and I got to give them, find the solution. But when you said that, it just made me think differently. And is there anything you want to add to that? There's another quote of Einstein uh, that uh, you can see he's one of my uh, favorite brains um, is that if someone get, gave me an hour uh, to solve an issue, I would spend 15 minutes on the problem statement and five minutes on the solution. Okay. And uh, 
I have in my book these uh, three basic steps to make you more uh, aware of, uh, uh, of, of a problem. And um, it's, I can just tell you, one is called surrounding the problem statement with questions. So you write down what you think you wanna solve, and then you write down every question that relates to it. It, it could be, and you gotta write at least like 20 or 30 of them. And, and I even do this with people that work for me now that are highly educated and, and, uh, and, and understanding that. And then you take all those, all those questions and you put them uh, like in an outline. And then uh, from there, you take it to kind of like uh, 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 other things I, I can't really describe right now. It shows more, more ways to, to develop it as you, uh, let's say you're, you're older and you could do more with it and you're more imaginative. One of them is a thought molecule, like molecules uh, are made of atoms and each, each atom is connected with different kinds of bonding. It could be covalent bonding, strong bonding. And I teach how, how there's all these different ways to evolve it, even for the most adept uh, genius scientists um, who have used some of my ideas. And so what my point is, is that you become aware and you ask all the questions. Most people, when you ask them, well, what's, what's wrong? What, what is your problem? And they, they're not conscious, they're not completely aware of what the problem is. Or you see people trying to say, well, this is what I want to do. Well, you're creating a solution to a problem. They're not even, it's kind of murky, right? So if you have kind of a murky idea of what your problem is, your solution will be murky. So herein is a very obvious um, prison of thought that most people are, uh, may I, dare I say it, our politicians, our, our government is immersed in, is this inability to really define it. And I, uh, to give you, to raise this way above, above education, I was asked a number of years ago to um, uh, help the U.S. Patent Department through the uh, Secretary of Commerce, Gutierrez, said, Doug, we see how, what you do. Can you help fix our problems? And I go, well, I'm just an, an inventor. I don't know. And so uh, I was asked if I was patriotic, I would do this. So I started um, it with this rather uh, um, prolific group of, of people called the PPAC, Public Patent Advisory Committee. And these are like powerful um, uh, people in the administration. And they all sat around, they told what they want to do. And I said, they said, well, Doug, what do you know? I said, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I was told if I was patriotic, I'm going to come here. And I would listen. And I, what I realized in Washington, D.C., uh, people think if they talk about something, that's all they have to do. And we'll form a committee and we'll talk and we'll publish it. So I was listening to this. And then I, uh, out of frustration, created this 500 uh, uh, line process of how I would solve the problems. And they all looked at it and they just thought I was like wacko. But John Dudas, the um, um, the director of the USPTO saw it and goes, Doug, you did this? And I go, well, yeah. And tell me about it. And I explained it. He goes, okay, we're implementing it. And I go, well, he said, John, I uh, I have like, uh, like 10 projects going on at Patent Design. And normally for something like this, I need like six or seven people. You got it. We'll put them in Washington. And, and uh, we'll do it. 
And it ended up being, uh, I can't really uh, get into it now because it goes beyond this interview, but um, we, uh, we got every group in the United States to create a common problem statement, which took six months, six months just to create something. And now in that process, I had every group, Democrat, Republican, special interests, uh, whatever it is, all finally saying, here is something we agree on. Wow. And it was a foundation and we solved problems that um, I can't elaborate on now, but it solved, it, it really was quite prolific. And I could go on and on about how uh, uh, I was asked by high level people of Homeland Security to solve problems and how it got uh, uh, mediated by the um, uh, other forces in the government that just didn't want change, but I, that's a whole nother discussion point. But, but my point is this, is that being problem aware is the essence of life. And not to be afraid of them. Because so many times we complain about the problem, but then we just end there. But we don't, we're not aware. We don't even, we're not, we're not educated to uh, uh, problems are, are uh, fearful. Mm -hmm. They're hard to cope with. They're depressing. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. scare us. But I look at it a different way. Uh, it's, it's a wondrous opportunity. It's a time for change. It's a time for improvement. It's all about perspective. It's all about creativity is happiness, right? Mm -hmm. And if you have that view, now you start connecting all the parts of, of your psychology as a teacher, a student or a parent of um, here's ideas that can help. Um, let's just think about, about really understanding every part of it. And it, every, every great problem statement has the solution contained within it. It's a very important aspect. But I'm, now I'm going into uh, what I'm going to have to start teaching at the university level. But it yeah. is true. Every, and the problem statement is it is hard. It is immensely hard. It is, it is logic. And it's, it's, we're not taught how to do that. But yeah. problem awareness is essential for navigating life. Most people go through life and they haven't even spent the time to think about why they're upset, really understanding. <laughs> and and what, that's what a, a Freudian, the Freudian process of psychology is, right? The therapist helps question you, question why are you like this? How do you feel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Create, that's the essence of creativity that we can all do. We don't need therapists for that. All right. So, Doug, we're going to have to have you back on this show again, okay? <laughs> but in closing, I'm going to um, wrap this up because I want to be sensitive to your time, but I appreciate you taking the time to share this with, with us today. Tell us how we, how can our lives improve when we start tapping into that creativity and really create a relationship with our creativity? Um, okay. Um, let's see, how do I go? This? Let's just say right now, it's time to take off and fly with your empowered imagination. And let's say that you have that. Um, and, uh, uh, you, you've developed a process of, of problem solving that's intuitive and you've found a way to empower your dreams. And my greatest hope is that you find a path 
that will be uniquely yours, personified to fit your mind, your body and spirit that emboldens freedom within you. I wanna say that everyone is capable of transforming your dreams into reality and using the guiding light of self-discovery to imagine more. Um, uh, imagination empowers your mind, body, and spirit and inspires you to fiercely jump off the cliff of creativity with confidence, okay? Um, uh, I dream of a day that individuals, society, and our culture will value imagination uh, as it has a rare importance in our world. It is, it is a transformative force capable, capable of fostering immense knowledge, creativity, and action. Um, uh, your imagination, Karen, may be your most central power you can use to create self-discovery in your life and in the world that you positively affect. And I mean that, you know, for kids, that's a lot of words for kids, but it's the job of parents and teachers to take that, that, uh, um, uh, that aspect of, of, of creativity that is fragile and uh, it must be protected. And uh, uh, it's important to, to nurture it and uh, empower people's dreams uh, and, and show how, how that they could possibly apply them. Um, the starting sparks of imagination are the soul breaking free from in, the invisible cage of cultural constraints. So that's quite a, that's one of my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, imagine, I'll, I'll say that again. Yeah, say uh, that again. That, that uh, the starting sparks of imagination and exploring it are your soul breaking free, those sparks of the invisible cage of cultural constraints that unfortunately, in our education system uh, uh, is, is being implemented, not intentionally, but from the, the, the lack of the aspect of, of embracing all, all the, the tools of creativity that no one has ever been taught. Yeah. Um, uh, so by imagining more, you can break the mold and set yourself free. And for a kid, it might just be that 15 minute of inventing some new idea that, uh, that, that just allows them to, to dream and do something new. And that's, that's incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Doug, this is so valuable. Thank you so much for inspiring me as a principal. Um, I'm so excited for all the listeners hearing this and we can keep sharing this. And I'm excited to go back into my school and share it with my teachers and see how we can implement and create this opportunity for our kids that, that is lacking and is so needed. And it has the just possibility to just revolutionize their entire world and their life forever. So thank you. Okay. Uh, thanks a lot. Catch you later. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.